Imagine if there was a school where kids rushed in as fast as they rushed out. Imagine if there was a school where every student was set up to succeed. Imagine if there was a school where you could truly express who you are. Imagine if there was a school where students' voices, big and small, are heard alongside educators' voices, working together. Imagine if there was a school where we listen actively and challenge each other's ideas to help them grow. Imagine if there was a school where you were not limited by boundaries. Welcome to Village Stories, where we share our ideas for mind-bending and soul-stretching as we raise the bar for learning and teaching in all Australian schools. Welcome to episode four of Village Stories. In this episode, we speak to an educator who is driven to find better ways to do things that make school better for students and teachers. Mark Burgess, Deputy Principal, Secondary at Linfield Learning Village, welcome to the show. Hey Luke, thanks. Uh, Mark, can you just start off by telling us a bit about your role at Linfield Learning Village and what makes... LLV such a great place to to work and to learn? Sure. So as deputy principal, um, it's all about logistics, uh, making things happen, the daily operation of the school. So obviously that goes way beyond just um, equipment or resourcing, but it's people, place and culture. I guess I get to see the best and worst moments of kids and teachers and parents um, on their daily learning journey. In terms of what makes LLV a great place to work and learn, I, I feel like we're constantly striving to build a positive culture. So a culture that's honest, enjoyable, fun, all of the things that are going to help everybody feel like they belong and have a successful day, a successful learning experience. I love coming to work every day. And I think a lot of it is because I get to work with other great people. And one of our values would be to, to be highly collaborative. And I think that's one of the things that makes it a great place to work. Excellent. And previous interview we had with Steph, she mentioned that in New South Wales particularly, uh, education has followed a very, I guess, structured path. And in building LLV, I guess it's a model that's tried to move in a future-focused direction. Um, what is one of the areas that LLV is different to, to other schools? I think it goes back to what you were saying about education being highly structured and the reasons for why education is like that. I, I would put forward that it's uh, a, a cultural mechanism of control and that's to allow adults to be the ones in control of the situation. So without having a bias on that, because there's probably good reasons and bad reasons for that, we're shifting that. We're, we're taking away that focus on control and allowing students to have a voice in how the school works and how they learn. So we talk about giving them agency. Um, it's really just making them feel all of those things that help them belong. You spoke about agency there. What, what does that look like day-to-day -day at Linfield Learning Village? Well, um, you, you probably want to ask about the multi-form. 
that would be the first, one of the first and most obvious pieces of agency is the kids get to choose what they wear. Um, That allows them to feel comfortable. It allows them to choose what they're going to wear for what they've got on that day. So they might have a practical for PDHPE. They might have um, uh, a science lesson. They might have a cooking lesson. They might be in design and technology. All of those things inform their choices. So in in an industrial schooling model, parents and teachers might think kids can't make those choices, so we make them for them and we make them wear a uniform. But we've found the opposite is true. When we do give kids that ability, they they step up and they make responsible choices. Uh, And when they don't, um, I guess we've created a culture where it's okay for adults to talk to kids about the problem it's not punishment and there's no threat. There's no anxiety inducing, if you don't wear the socks right, I'm going to send you home. It's more about, is, this, is that right for this place? So you don't wear to the beach. You don't wear to school, sorry, what you might wear to the beach. Yeah. Um, and there's no problem with wearing all sorts of things to the beach, but they don't translate to a school setting or an office setting. So I think we're really trying to create a culture where our, our kids are ready for the, the rest of the world. We're breaking down those barriers so the school is not such an isolated um, social experience. You mentioned before about, uh, I guess, mechanisms within school about control. Um, I've, I've read about people of the belief that behaviour or negative behaviour is related to uniform. Is that something using the multiform uh, you've seen in the school? Yeah, no, definitely not. I think... We, we've, we've allowed for much less negative behaviour because by taking away the, the conflict between a, an adult, the teacher and the child around uniform, we've removed a lot of those threatening moments in a child's day. Um, I think the other thing that we've done is there are so many other factors that influence negative behaviour. Uniform would be, or multiform, would be way down on the list of things that would be like a cause and effect between we have this and then we have lots of negative behaviour. I guess then with uniform, parents are probably going to be involved in that situation. Uh, I know when I first started teaching that I learn about the partnership between the parent, the educator and the learner um, and how important that is, is that something that LLV really focuses on? In, in many ways, we really focus on creating a partnership between school and home. So a couple of great examples of that would be, let's say uh, a teacher finds a child vaping, okay, um, or truanting, or there's a pattern of unproductive, unhealthy behaviour. The first thing we're going to do is phone home, and that's not to dob the child into the parent or to guilt the parent. It's to actually to get insight. What could be going on? I've noticed that this is happening at school. Does the parent have any insight that could help us um, change that behaviour or solve whatever problem is causing that behaviour? That's the first thing. The next thing we do is we've created, well, we have Canvas as our learning management system and every parent is an observer and can see their child's learning in that. Um, Obviously, the quality of that experience really actually depends on the willingness of the child to breathe life into that online classroom experience when they're talking about it with their, with their parent. 
Uh, and the next thing we have is our dashboard, our Octopus dashboard, which is about to be released, that sits inside Canvas and is live and continuous reporting. So rather than just twice a year getting a school report, parents can have a look at their child's progress from, you know, week five, term one, the first thing that gets marked. So we really, I guess, transparency there would be an expression of how we connect with parents all the time. And with that live reporting, uh, what other benefits do you think that would have other than just that transparency with parents? I think that the challenge for particularly secondary parents is that as soon as their child is asserting their own identity and their independence, there are much fewer opportunities for them to be engaged in the schooling experience. So anything that helps them see in a timely manner how their child is going can be helpful. I guess the other thing is we're not just reporting on academic outcomes. We're also reporting on learning characteristics. So things like creativity, resilience, um, collaboration, communication, um, th those things that used to be called 21st century skills. Uh, and now some people refer to them as dispositions. We're calling them learning characteristics because they, they really guide how a child learns the content or how they learn about themselves. If you spoke about the learning characteristics, say uh, creativity, what would that look like at Linfield Learning Village? So when a, a teacher designs a learning experience, they would be thinking about what am I going to assess at the end of this? If they design a particularly challenging learning experience, they might be thinking, oh, at the end of it, I'm going to work with the student and work out how did they go when they met those challenges? How resilient were they? Um, if it's a design challenge that requires creativity, then the teacher might say, well, how do you think you went in terms of a creative solution to this? And then they, they would negotiate, well, I feel like I was an expert in that. Oh, actually, I saw you were, were a master. You know, an expert would have been if you could have explained that to somebody else. Um, so you give that feedback to the child and then they could turn around, well, I did, I did actually do that. Uh, so that negotiation between the, the teacher and the child helps helps both learn more about each other and themselves. And when we can communicate that with parents, they gain an insight into what's going on in the classroom. You spoke about a couple of new terms there, expert master. Are they something uh, LLV uses regularly? Yeah, so typically across the, the world kids get reduced to a grade. So they do all this work. They, they write extensively. They learn lots of maths. And we reduce that to an A, B, C, D, or E. What we've created is a different scale that still lines up to that because we need to do that for the government. Uh, we've created a different scale that describes what a child can do. So an A is, is an expert, I think, or a master. A B is an expert. C is a practitioner. And I guess for a lot of what we do, children aren't really that happy with the C. Parents aren't happy with the C. But the, that grade is actually at the level of a practitioner, someone who practices that, that learning or that skill. So at, at some degree, there's nothing wrong with being a practitioner. Uh, and if you're starting out on your academic journey and you're an apprentice or a novice, 
a D or an E, at different times in your academic journey, there's, there's no problem with being that great either. Um, but we find the descriptive language and the phrases that go with it are much more valuable than just reducing it to an A, B, C, D, E. And is that a change that parents have adopted willingly or it's taken them a bit of time to, to understand? For the parents that I've spoken to that have embraced it, they've spent time. So they've sat with their child and they've learnt the, the, the way of the LLV. Um, they've definitely invested in something new. Um, but, and I think it's hard for parents to translate their own school experience to what we're trying to do. Uh, I would hope that, you know, we've tried to bring them along the journey in many different ways. But the other thing that I've noticed we do is we also, we use that language with the kids. So they, they learn what it is to be a master or an expert and they use that terminology. So hopefully when kids are talking about their school experience with their parents, they're using the language and explaining it to them and teaching them along the way. We've spoken now about, I guess, parents and the students. How do the the teachers at LLV uh, fit into the model? So I'd say teachers are the most important part of our model. They're the ones who are having daily interactions with the kids. And if we want our school culture to be excellent for kids, it also has to be excellent for teachers. Some of the things that we talk about is wanting to be an employer of choice. So we want this to be an amazing place for teachers. And some of the things that I've heard from teachers that would indicate we're on that way, I'm thinking about a number of our primary staff who actually came on board during remote learning and have still said to us, I can't go back to my other school. I can't go back to teaching in, in an industrial model or another way. Uh, one of our high school teachers who has also come on board this year said, uh, this way of teaching and learning is actually easier than an old school way. It's harder, um, but class is more enjoyable. Preparation is more collaborative. And yeah, again, they wouldn't change coming to LLV. I guess then if you're, if you're talking about the, the teachers and, and some of the experiences they have had, in the secondary, are there other wins that the school's experience that have really hammered home the positive culture of the, the LLV model? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that comes to mind straight away as a win would be some of the data that we've got in our Tell Them From Me survey. Um, there's a measure of well-being and belonging and, and positive, positive feeling towards the school or positive interaction with the school. And our rating was something like 98%. So to me, that, that indicates a real win that parents and students are positive in their interactions with the school, positive in their feeling about the school. I guess then if with a new school, there's also going to be wins, but there's going to be challenges. Uh, starting a school from scratch, what, what are some of the, the biggest challenges you've overcome at Linfield Learning Village? I think one of the biggest cha challenges is that people would see us as a real school. I think a lot of the, the vision uh, and the initial talk about what the school would be was misinterpreted by people who wanted it to be their own schooling experience. So there's been a strong misconception 
that we're a school for kids with disabilities. And of course we are, but no more than another local school. So um, our, our model is, of course, inclusive, but it's really important that people understand we're funded just like any other public high school in New South Wales. Uh, and of course, being charged with building a model, that's how it should be. We shouldn't be anything special other than what we can build. So I think, I think expectations, both amongst parents and incoming staff in the beginning, was something that we had to manage and guide and shape. Um, yeah, everybody, I think, wanted the school to be exactly what they wanted. And because we're building it together, when we started building LLV, we didn't actually have too many preconceived ideas in motion. We had the vision and we developed our values. And of course we had ideas of best practice and, and evidence of what is, does work well in schools. And that's what we've shaped together. Speaking of best practice, is there one particular um, example of best practice that you really feel LLV captures? I think giving the kids, giving the students choice in their learning. So removing the teacher as the authority and control figure in the classroom and having them as the facilitator of learning. Um, having most of the learning in Canvas, so it's online where kids can access it when they need to and in a way that suits them. So the teacher talking at kids is great for some, not great for others. But if they've got something written down and visual, then that helps the kids that really need that. I think that those, those, that's where our most significant um, wins and positive experience and like hallmark parts of the model would be in action in the classroom, in the student experience in the classroom. And do you think the student experience is um, its own part of the model that's really important? I think it's the foundation of, of the model. What's happening to me now, a student, um, if I'm a teacher, I should be thinking, what's the student experience in this? In anything I do or create, I really should be making the student experience at the heart of it. Um, so, you know, when, it, when a teacher talks about running masterclasses, they're talking about a really brief, targeted, scripted, created, inspirational teaching moment. And they happen, obviously, all day long. Um, but that's something that you might not be, be, I guess, guided into thinking as a teacher in another environment. When we talk about pop-ups, you know, we're talking about the teacher being incredibly responsive to the educational needs in the class, of being vigilant and assessing kids constantly so they can provide the learning right at the point of need as the child needs it. And with um, that kind of assessment is is it something that the kids are responding to well as well when i've spoken to kids um they've told me they get exhausted by a day at llv um, they're not doing busy work they're actually required to think and engage um, so i i think on the whole they really do enjoy having that autonomy in their learning but also knowing there's an adult who's framing their experience. I guess that's an, a really important way of putting it, that the teacher is framing that experience and, and really focusing on, on the needs of the, 
of the student. Um, we've covered a, a lot already. Is there anything that, um, say, our listeners might have thought uh, important to the school that hasn't been presented, um, I guess, in the media or through misconceptions about the school? Yeah, I was talking to some parents earlier today and they have a concern with their student, with their child. Um, And I was explaining our collaborative and proactive solutions approach to when mistakes are made or a child does the wrong thing, we don't punish. Um, And when a child does the amazingly right thing, we don't reward. Rather, we, when, when it's unproductive behavior, we look to solve the cause of that behavior. And obviously, we follow the department's policies on suspension and harassment and all that sort of stuff. But if we view misbehavior as a learning moment, then punishment gets in the way of that because it's a perceived threat. So we want to remove that threat and actually help a child learn. Now, parents have said to me, explaining that to their friends or to a GP or to other professionals is really difficult. So uh, I think that would be something important for people to understand. We, we regard students as an active participant or a social equal in their experience here, and that includes managing when things go wrong. We all make mistakes. Um, so I, I'd say childhood and adolescence is an opportunity to make more of them. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of mistakes... In building a school or shifting the paradigm of education, do you feel like the school's made mistakes? Yeah, I'd say we've made not lots of mistakes, but I'd say we make mistakes all the time and we learn from them. We, and we have to be ready to celebrate our mistakes so that we don't do them again. We don't want to make them a pattern. Um, but I think just with the speed with which we've had to build this, there are lots of things that I look back on and go, I would do that differently now. Yep. Or I, I, I wish we had communicated that in a better way. Or I wish I'd thought of that before it happened, before it went pear-shaped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think more important than the volume of mistakes that we've made is our attitude towards them and our constant review of what we've done. And and also we engage kids in that and and parents and teachers they're they're really the experts in their experience and in in terms of looking at the school as i guess a flagship Mm. um and the potential then to to spread the model in other areas uh what what would you say the next steps are for the school for in order for that to happen well um, i mean my first thought is as a Department of Education school, that's not really up to us. But we're already spreading the model when we run professional learning for other educators. So they come in to see the spaces to learn from our, our, our methods and our model. And, and they take that back to their um, schools and their institutions. So whenever we've challenged a, a professional's belief or supported someone who thinks the same way that we do, then we're sharing the model and growing the model. Um, I can't wait for the opportunity to build another one of these, you know, somewhere else. That, that would be 
fantastic. And is it something that you think the department should be looking to do? Well, uh, yes, because they, they obviously are already looking to do it. Like we're evidence of that. We are building a new model. Um, in in terms of how does that fit in other communities, that's quite hard to tell because at the moment we are very countercultural, um, and I would say we're countering some of the more negative aspects of our culture, hopefully. So I think if we could find the right community that was willing to embrace something that's countercultural, then we're ripe for it. And I guess then for you personally, how do you think you've um, grown as an educator, as a, as a leader in your role at Linfield Learning Village? I, I've been pushed to be a much more honest leader, to be uh, much more empathic. So uh, in that way, to gain much more insight into the people I'm leading and to respond to that. So to be willing to change my leadership style to suit, I guess, the recipient of it in a way, um, to, to learn. I'm, I'm a learner just like everybody else. So hopefully I've learned. Uh, I've learned to be very careful and precise with my language so that I don't communicate the wrong thing uh, or miscommunicate. Um, yeah, I think I've been much more responsive to feedback and critical feedback and actually take that on board and, and not to feel anxious or worried or that any of that's my fault, but to take that on board to make the school better. And do you find that feedback for, for you as an educator and a leader has really helped improve your, your practice? Oh, absolutely, without a doubt, yeah. As a team, Steph Lou and I have, we have an executive coach that we've sought out and they're brutal, you know, when we're going off and talking about a problem, that they're um, brutal in their feedback and very honest in terms of how, what we've done to create the problem and what we now need to do to resolve it. And is that ref how does that reflect, I guess, in your practice from that feedback? Is it, um, it, it makes, makes us and or me much more strategic, so much more mindful of what am I actually doing to achieve a particular vision uh, or strategy? What am I actually doing to get this outcome? And I guess all teachers would, would argue that time is such a precious uh, commodity. Does that feedback help with managing time when you're building a school and you're only three years in? Uh, definitely. I think the feedback has helped make conversations much more valuable. So, um, you know, instead of just talking around a problem, we can talk to the problem and we can work on a solution and we, we can take less time where we need to. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it just takes time to build a relationship, to have a conversation, to get where you need to go. Um, but other times you can be much more efficient and purposeful. And I think uh, that can be important when, you know, the school calendar is pretty fixed. The school day starts, the school day ends. Sometimes you do have to be efficient in solving problems um, for kids. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's how my leadership style and skill has grown. Uh, is there anything else about 
LLV you would love to share with the audience or maybe a, a small story that really captures what, what's happening here at, at Linfield Learning Village? Sure. So um, there's a, a kindergarten boy um, wasn't sitting on the right step, you know, no big deal. But whenever I asked him to move, there was just refusal or, or a blank stare. So I chatted with the dad and said, um, this is what's happening, what's going on. And he, he said, you know, this child's just willful, doesn't like when adults tell him what to do, um, but really likes to build relationship. So off we went. So I'm talking to this child each day for maybe a week or two. And then all of a sudden in the kiss and drop lines, I hear Mark, Mark. And the child is sitting on the right step and just wants me to notice, making me notice. And from, from that moment on, that child has celebrated sitting on the right step. Uh, and it might sound like a small thing, but, you know, if I'm organising one child amidst 300, if they're in the right place at the right time, can be quite helpful. And I think, uh, I think the illustration basically says relationship and positive relationship made a much better experience for both of us. Um, but coercing a child into sitting on the right step is not something we would do. And it, it, it wasn't, I wasn't going anywhere with it anyway. <laughs> And oh, what a what a great story to finish off um, our chat, Mark. Thank you again for your time, and uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to to do this again soon. Thanks, Luke. I look forward to the next one. Linfield Learning Village is a school of the future. Within a flagship school building, the new educational model will fundamentally shift the way we think about school and will shape the education revolution over the next decade. Tune in for more village stories and to find out more, head to our website, linfieldlearningvillage.com.au.